Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. On the 13th of each month, I come out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings. Although many of them are, some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you can go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids. Check out the posts I make for each episode and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. Happy 2024. I think the best way to start the year is the same way we started 2023, with a bunch of different cryptid stories. So sit back and enjoy our first episode of the new year. Today's episode is an interesting one. It has stories from people who have seen almost every kind of cryptid. We've got Bigfoot, Windigo, Skinwalkers, and many more. We are talking about some of the creepiest Reddit stories on the internet. Let's dive in. Our first story was posted two years ago and tells a chilling encounter with one of our most terrifying cryptids. I'm normally pretty logical about seeing weird things. I work nights and go long periods of time without sleeping, so my mind playing tricks isn't super unusual. But this happened in broad daylight with other people around, and it has left me completely confused as to what happened. I was repairing a condenser in a very standard-looking suburban neighborhood. Directly across the street was a mother playing in her driveway with her toddler, pushing him around in one of those plastic cars. I was walking by to my work van around the side of the house when I hear a shriek, like a noise that you hear and know something is being hurt. I took a very quick few steps to clear the corner of the house and see what was happening. Mother across the street didn't seem to notice or hear, or care. That's when I heard it again, but being in front of the house, I could pinpoint it a little better. My head snapped to the house directly to the right of the one the mother was out front of, and I saw a small child staring directly at me, with its mouth wide open, and eyes that seemed to be completely black all the way around its eye socket. I looked at the mother. Sure, she had to notice, or at least hear, commotion. She didn't. The thing waved. Not like in a come here motion, but more so acknowledging its awareness of me. I walked slowly back to the condenser and hid for maybe five minutes. When I came back around, it was gone, and the mother was carrying on like nothing had happened. I had no explanation for what happened and still don't. When I went home and began to tell my girlfriend, What had happened, she told me about black-eyed children. I don't know what I saw that day, but there was something so deeply unsettling about the entire situation. I'm happy calling it a cryptid if it means I'll never see them again. Chills. Can you imagine being this person? Now, this doesn't sound like our usual black-eyed children, since the being wasn't trying to get inside nor asking for help from the man himself, but perhaps this creature was about to do something to that mother, and our witness was just in the wrong place at the right time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This next story comes from the user Rajan40 and was posted 10 months ago. I'm Indonesian, and I have a secondhand account story to tell you. My grandpa was born in Sumatra. Even though his dad is a Chinese immigrant, my grandpa pretty much lived there for his whole life. You see, the island of Sumatra has many thick and dense forests. If I remember correctly, there are many parts still left unexplored. My grandpa was quite adventurous when he was younger. He often went into the forest with his friends to hunt squirrels and other small wild animals. One day, my grandpa and his friends decided to go to another region in Sumatra and hunt in more remote and unfamiliar forests. He said he got bored hunting in the same forest all the time. So, accompanied by his usual hunting friends, they hired a local guide and entered the forest. After hunting for squirrels all day, they realized they were lost. Their local guide said he'd never seen that part of the forest they were in, which was weird because he made sure to stay in the area he was familiar with. My grandpa said it felt like they were hypnotized by unseen forces, and before they knew it, they ended up in an unfamiliar part of the forest. They tried to remain calm and assess the situation, and that's when they noticed it. Something was observing them from behind the bush. My grandpa said it looked like a hybrid between human and chimps, and it's kind of small, about as tall as an adult's waist. He couldn't explain it well, because how weird that thing was. But he remembered one particular detail about the creature, or thing. Its front foot was reversed in position. So when the creature walked, it looked like the creature was walking backwards. The creature noticed my grandpa's party was aware of its presence and walked away from the scene. Weirdly enough, the creature wasn't running at all. So out of curiosity, the party decided to follow the creature. They arrived at an open area where a herd of the creature gathered. My grandpa said they were talking some kind of unknown language, like a wild man language. The party decided enough curiosity and time to scram out of there because they were in an unknown situation and they could be in a real danger. After walking for hours, they miraculously reached the edge of the forest sometime after sunrise and luckily enough of the creatures didn't follow them at all. It's up to you guys to believe me or not, but one thing I know for sure, my grandpa wasn't a liar. He kept telling us this story even after he reached a very old age. 
This story got me into cryptozoology, and of course I did some research on the Orang Pendek. And some testimonies from natives across Sumatra were similar to my grandpa's. One thing that I want to mention is the creatures speak some kind of unknown language. That's why the very first time I heard Sierra sound, I got shivered all over my body. To think these creatures are intelligent is very exciting. This story talks about a cryptid we haven't covered yet, but is on the list. The Orang Pendek is a mythical humanoid creature reported to inhabit the dense rainforests on the island of Sumatra in Indonesia. The name Orang Pendek translates to short person or short man in Indonesian. Descriptions of the creature vary, but it is generally described as being about 1 to 1.5 meters, or 3 to 5 feet tall, covered in short fur, and possessing human-like features. The Orang Pendek has been part of local folklore among the indigenous people of Sumatra for generations. However, the creature gained wider attention in the late 20th century when reports of sightings by Westerners and researchers began to surface. Witnesses claimed to have seen the Orang Pendek in remote and dense rainforest areas, describing it as a robust ape-like creature with a distinct human-like face. Efforts to find and document the Orang Pendek continue, with some cryptozoologists and researchers conducting expeditions in the hope of uncovering evidence of this elusive creature. This sounds exactly like what her grandfather witnessed in that forest. Our third story is about a cryptid we have covered, a cryptid that looks like a wolf but has the ability to walk on its hind legs like a human, the Michigan Dogman. This sighting was posted seven months ago. I was on my way to go camping and had just crossed the Mackinac Bridge to get to Michigan's Upper Peninsula. It was storming and just started pouring buckets of rain. It was the kind of rain that forces you to put the windshield wipers on full speed and you still have to slow way down and strain your eyes to see. While driving up a hill, my daughter and I saw a man standing in the middle of the road. There was not great visibility with the sheets of rain, but we both pointed out the man standing in the middle of the road, and we were worried he would get hit by a car. He turned and bent, and then it was not a man. It was a huge black dog. We both thought it was a man at first, and then it was a dog, and I can't explain it. It could have just been the combination of looking up from the bottom of a hill and the rain. I just think it's odd that my daughter and I both thought we saw a man standing up at first, and then it was a dog. I stopped on one side of the road to help it, and so did a man on the other side in a truck. I'm a dog groomer, and I always have slip leads in the truck. I love dogs, and always stop to help one when I see one in the road, but... I hoped that someone else would be able to help it because my truck was stuffed with camping stuff and the only place it could go in my truck would have been the front seat with my daughter and me. It was still in the middle of the road, looking back and forth between me and the man. I was a bit surprised to see how big it was up close. I also felt uneasy and intimidated by this animal. It looked almost like a black German shepherd, but much bigger, but also wolfish. I have been around a lot of dogs in my profession, and if I had to guess that breed, 
I would say a wolf hybrid. The guy yelled over, asking if it was my dog, and I yelled back, no. The dog was still in the middle of the road, looking back and forth between the man and me. In my head, I was repeating, don't pick me, don't pick me, over and over, because I... I had no room in my truck and didn't want a giant strange dog that I thought was a person at first next to my kiddo and it gave me the creeps. The man then yelled, here boy, and patted his legs and the dog ran off to him. Seeing the dog was being taken care of, I got back in my truck and got back on the road towards our camping destination. My daughter was telling me how it looked like a person standing in the road, then when it turned, it was a dog. We were both very confused. If it had been just me, I would think it was the driving, rain, and my imagination, but my daughter saw it as well. It may not be paranormal, but it was definitely an interesting experience. Now, someone asked a clarifying question on the post, and the witness wrote back and said it was very big, bigger than a shepherd, and... To be honest, I have never seen a wolf up close in person, so I can't compare the size. It was just standing there looking between me and the guy on the other side of the road. Then it trotted off to him when he called it. I think this really helps show how comfortable this creature is in that environment. But the thing that sticks out is why did it run over to the man like a real dog? Why not run away? Maybe this wasn't the Michigan dog man. Maybe this was a skinwalker. Either way, this sighting is creepy, and I personally would never want to be in a situation like that. Now, this next story is from seven years ago, but tells the tale that sounds like a real-life nightmare. This gives me the chills to this day. The most chilling part is that I wasn't alone in the experience. Probably shouldn't have waited till the middle of the night to write it out, but here goes. When I was about 12, my best friends and I used to sleep out on my friend's trampoline in his yard. We would gather our bed stuff and bounce around till we got tired, then eventually lay down and go to sleep. We all lived out in the country in Ohio, so the night sky was always awesome to check out while we talked and dozed off. We had campouts like this during summer breaks for years. One particular evening, it was my two best friends and I, Kyle, Brandon, Brandon was Kyle's cousin, and another friend of ours, Jeremy. And after winding down, we're laying there, talking, when we noticed that there's something floating over the woods nearby. You couldn't see it directly, just that it blocked the stars out as it slowly moved. It was just a little higher than the treetops, and completely silent. We were just some dumb kids, so we just watched it. Slowly it drifted, until it was directly over top of us. Then suddenly, there was this light that I could not describe, more than blindingly bright disorientingly, cripplingly bright, like it shone down into you. The next thing I remember, we were all standing inside Kyle's house, looking out his sliding glass back door, at it still hovering there. Then it glides off. We were all spooked for sure, but we decided to go back out to go to bed on the trampoline. We're laying there for a while, and the next thing we know, it comes back again, and does the exact same thing. Again, we find ourselves inside looking out the back door. Beyond all reason, we go back outside to bed again. Same thing happens again. Then we finally say screw it and sleep inside with the lights on. Kyle moved away to Florida that summer and we lost touch. 
Kyle didn't live there anymore, so Brandon stopped coming around, and I was never really close with Jeremy. So that was that for several years. Then when I was 18, I heard he was in town staying with family. I ran into him at a party one night and pulled him to the side to ask about it, as it had still bothered me for some time. His response has shaken me to this day. I cannot describe his reaction sufficiently. He looked at the ground and said, I don't want to talk about it. I was kind of shocked by his response, so I didn't know what to say. He got up and walked out, and I stayed sitting there thinking about what just happened. I got up after a few minutes to go see if I could find him, but he had left immediately after. That was it. Haven't seen him or Brandon or Jeremy since, but his response was enough to tell me that something strange definitely went down that night. I don't know if I want to remember. I mean, come on. This really is absolutely insane. The sighting is so wild that I can't imagine someone just making this up. It's very possible what they experienced that day will never be fully revealed to them. We've seen with the UFO and alien sightings, we have covered that a lot of questions never get answered. This next story is about another cryptid that leaves more questions than answers. One day my wife came home. We were living in an apartment in Midtown. It's about 10 p.m. and I was taking the trash to the dumpsters in the alley behind my complex. The complex had only six two-story apartments, the front door of each facing south. We lived in number five. And if you were walking outside, once you open the door, there's a little raised landing where you'd put a welcome mat step off the landing. You're on a walkway and you have to go either left or right because there's a tall wooden fence separating the complex from the large house next door. So if you turn right and walk down past apartments four through one, you run into a gate, go through a gate, and you're now on one of the main streets in Midtown. If you were to turn left coming out of the apartment, you will pass apartment six, then the laundry room, and immediately into a wrought iron gate, and immediately on the other side is the dumpster. It's a very short distance from my door to the dumpster, and with nothing to obstruct your view, you can see from the dumpster all the way down the length of the walkway to the gate at the other end of the complex. The entire area is well lit. Literally, every unit would turn their front porch light on every night, and there is a street light right where the dumpster is, and one right on the other side of the street side gate, so it was easy to see my wife open the gate and head up the walkway towards our apartment. I waved at her and have no idea how she didn't see me, and I thought about yelling but didn't want to scare her or startle the neighbors. I was done emptying the garbage, so I just started walking the short distance to her. As I'm walking up, I see the door to our apartment open. Of course, I figured she opened it, but it was dark, so I didn't actually see her do it. Then she kind of leans in, and I could hear her calling my name, but she would not walk into the apartment our own apartment. So why not walk right in, right? Then when I got behind her and said hi, she became frantic, asking me, how the fuck did you do that? How did you get back outside? I explained I'd been at the dumpster emptying the trash, to which she interrupted me and said, no, you opened the door for me and walked upstairs. I called after you and you turned your head and looked at me, but didn't say anything and just kept walking. And then she started crying. 
I searched the apartment, found nothing. We moved about six months later to the house we're at now. One day shortly after we moved in, my wife thought she saw me walk past the window that looks into the backyard from the kitchen. But it wasn't me. And again, she said it looked just like me, and that I walked all the way around the house before disappearing. Then she realized I was in the bedroom. Creepy stuff. That's right, doppelgangers. This sighting was posted about two years ago, and boy oh boy is it creepy. And this happened to people who never dabbled in the paranormal or cryptid world at all. The writer explained after their post, we're not believers, we don't see the paranormal in the everyday, have no history of seeing ghosts or spirits, we aren't ghost hunters, we aren't religious, we aren't cult members, we don't worship the devil, we're rational adults with a family and careers who always look for the rational solution that can be backed by science. And there are so many people who have also had experience with these beings that would say the exact same thing about themselves. The thing that's interesting about this one is she let it in. She let it into the apartment. So hopefully nothing bad happens from that, right? Our next story was posted eight months ago and tells a fascinating tale of a tall ape-like creature we all know and love. I was trying to sleep in a camper van with my BF in the woods of Tennessee back in the 80s. We pulled way back into the woods on an old logging road. We parked, and we were putting our sleeping bags down in the back when we heard weird noises. We turned off our lights and just sat there listening. At first, I thought it sounded like tropical birds, but really, really loud. Really loud. Then it sounded more like monkeys, and we could tell it was more than one or two and they were moving towards us and spreading out like they would surround us. My BF said something like F this and jumped into the driver's seat. The VW camper was a 1972 camper and it was his baby, but we flew over the huge ruts in the dirt road. It didn't make any sense to me what happened that night until I started listening to Bigfoot podcasts about 20 years ago. I've checked, and there are sightings on BFRO right in that area. I think we interrupted a hunt, and they were hooting and barking and trying to scare us off. It worked. It's funny because this BF was a big daredevil. He used to scare me how he'd get on his bike and draft off vehicles on the highway, or he'd stay in a place with a hurricane coming. I saw that he was just GTFO, and it made an impression on me. Ocam's Razor. There weren't exotic birds that turn into apes in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I didn't see them, but they sounded like the same kind of recordings in the Sierra Sounds. They are really the best explanation for what we heard. Pranksters could never have been so loud and fast running through the woods in the dark. Another great story. Now, this person did all the fact-checking themselves, so that's amazing. But this sighting is a glimpse into how these cryptids we all talk about may be closer to real animals than we think. In this case, maybe even humans. Now, most apes are generally not considered predators in the same way that carnivores are. Their diet primarily consists of plant-based foods, such as fruits, leaves, stems, seeds, and occasionally insects. However, 
there are some behaviors observed in certain ape species that could be considered a form of hunting. Chimpanzees are known to engage in opportunistic hunting of small mammals such as monkeys, dikers, and other animals. They may use tools such as sticks or rocks to capture or kill prey. This behavior is not a primary food source, but it is observed in certain populations. They are also known to participate in cooperative hunting, where individuals work together to capture and kill prey. This behavior involves strategic planning, communication, and collaboration. To me, that sounds exactly like what this witness explained. What I will say is, it's a good thing they were inside that camper van. This story was posted very recently, only 22 days ago, and talks about a creature none of us want to ever run into. It was around 2020, 2021, or the COVID era, and me and my buddy T decided to carry shears and a machete he got from his birthday out into the woods to reopen a massive canal that had about three smaller trees laying in it. They weren't thick or anything, just horribly decayed and broken. These trees had created an almost weird dam that would re-root or push the water to the side of the canal, basically making it erode a perfect trail for dirt bikes, four-wheelers, etc. So there we are, staring at the trees we were about to chop down and get appraised for. We just wanted to talk about it, lol. We get to work, and we got about three hours in and have gotten about one-third or two-fifths of it done. And both me and T just hear this god-awful screech. We both look in awe as we see lay low behind the tree dam. We were in a nine-foot-deep canal with the trees hanging off each side and reaching the bottom so we have good cover. And we just see this creature that is almost human, but its body looks like it's wearing more of a rotting skin suit than its actual flesh. We didn't move. We didn't speak. We didn't breathe, right? We both waited and watched it as it slowly walked away, making horrible noises that sounded like a mix of dog yelping and cat hissing. It disappeared from our sight and booked it back home. Now, this canal is about a mile long, so it isn't just a quick trip. We both never stopped running, and we forgot the cooler and cheer. We made it back around 7 p.m. and just sat there in his living room, petrified. I mean, come on. I don't think I would ever want this to happen to me. The fact that they made it out alive is crazy. The witness went on to say that the creature had a dog-like face pale skin, narrow limbs, and a weirdly almost primitive-like clothing. This description sounds so similar to a skinwalker in the middle of a transition or in between states. Our last story was posted two years ago and contains some colorful language, so be warned. It's a crazy story that a lot of people on Reddit said was their favorite sighting they had read. So, buckle up and enjoy. I was on a ferry for a school softball trip off Kodiak Island, AK, 2014. I was 18. A whole bunch of us had snuck up 
on the deck around 11 p.m. to watch the waves and smoke cigarettes and weed and generally be teenagers on a boat without supervision. It was 11 p.m. in May in Alaska, so the sun was thinking about setting, but it was still pea bright outside. So we're just doing our thing, and we notice a pod of orcas swimming with the fairy's wake, which is v-cool, but not like unusual. If you're familiar with the dimensions of an orca fin, you know they're about four to six feet in height and look like big black spikes coming out of the water. They travel and hunt in pods of anywhere between 15 to 40 whales, apex predators, the beautiful demon murderers of the sea, total assholes. Top of the food chain. So we saw a pod of orcas, counted them to be around 10, 15 with some babies scattered in there. Very fun to watch. Took them a good 30 minutes to go all by. We tried to get pictures, but it was just dark enough that our shitty phone cameras weren't much good. Another 30 or 40 minutes go by, and we've all pee much sobered up, and it's about to get dark, and we're cold and sleepy, and about ready to go in. No more orcas. Haven't seen one for like half an hour. Then one of my JV girls spots another one, so we all turn and look. But one dorsal fin is immediately followed by another, and another and another, and then two more, and then two more after that, in two separate rows, and they're taller by a lot, and jagged, like some have whole chunks torn out of them, and they're all eight to ten feet high, and they're all attached to one creature. And we can't just barely see it slicing through the water, covered in these rows of spikes, and it just keeps coming. This thing is 20 or 30 feet from the ferry, running parallel to it. We are all transfixed. There's like 9 or 10 of us, and no one is saying a word because we've all turned to look at a whale, and we are all now watching something that is like horrifically, terrifyingly, obviously not a whale. Someone tries to take a picture, but it's too dark. At this point, the only reason we can see this thing is the light cast from ferry portholes. Tale as old as time when it comes to things you really fucking wish you had a picture of. But we all stand there, completely scared, fucking stiff, in awe, and we watch the thing just keep surfacing for a good six or seven minutes. Which means that whatever it was, was long. Like 60 or 70 feet long, or longer, and covered in enormous spikes. Spikes that looked like they'd won thousands of battles with God knows what. It took what felt like an eternity for any of us to say anything. After the last of it disappeared back into the strait, I mean, if you and like eight of your friends had just all seen something that all science had definitely pointed to not existing, and you had all seen the same exact thing, and it was very obviously trailing, nay, hunting, not one, but 15-something apex fucking predators. What do you even say to break the silence? That's the thing that eats me about the whole thing. It was hunting. It was following them. It was literally hunting about 60 tons of toothy, angry, intelligent apex predators. Every once in a while, one of us will hit another one of us up and check in like, do you remember this? Was I hallucinating? Did we all see the same insane worldview, melting, terrifying thing that night? And the reason I know we did is because none of us talked about it after that. Not during the trip. Not after. Not to any of our friends, because how the fuck do you even tell someone about something like that? Now, 
We have almost 10 years between us. And that night, I assume some of them have probably told people. I know I tell people because I've seen a lot of shit like that in Alaska and I'm that bitch. And also because there's a very rich history among Native Alaskans that lives and hunts in the waters around Kodak. And it's important to tell its story because someday it's going to eat a little too much plastic and no one will ever watch it hunt a pod of orcas from a boat ever again. I mean, this person is passionate about what they saw. I loved reading it too. But what's really interesting about this sighting is that it doesn't sound like any other cryptid reported in the Alaska area. That being said, Alaska is such a large state with lots of untouched land and water, so maybe these lucky people were just in the right place at the right time. So, what do you think? Are cryptids really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. Make sure to rate us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One month from today, I will be covering a cryptid that flies through the jungles of Indonesia, a giant bat that emanates a loud howl before terrorizing anyone who crosses its path. The Ahul. See you next month. This episode is written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo designed by Jason Zykes and theme music from PearlPlanet.com.